0: Welcome to the Florence Crossroad Podcast. We're thrilled to share with you an exciting message from our weekend service. If you would like more information about who we are as a church and how to get involved, feel free to visit FlorenceCrossroadAG.org. We hope you have an amazing experience and a great week. I'm so grateful. Aren't you glad for all of the great things going on here at this church? Amen. And right now, right now, for all of our kids, we're going to release you to Children's Church. Pastor Lauren's right back here. If you follow her back there, we look forward to a great time with you this morning. Amen. One of these Sunday mornings, one of these Sunday mornings, somebody else is going to be preaching, and I'm going to be back there teaching those kids. Amen. I'm even going to take a stint in a nursery. I won't go in there without... Without a high-pressure hose and rubber gloves, but I'm going in there. I'm going, yeah. But no, I, I love being a part of kids. So you're going to see that's going to happen. Amen. And you know what? If I can do it. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. This morning is a little different than our typical mornings. Um, I don't. I, I have a little bit of a message, but what I want to share with you is. What's on my heart? I want to share with you where we're going as a church, why we're going there as a church. We, we are in a growing moment, and, it, and it's an exciting thing to be a part of something growing and alive. And uh, it's, it, it thrills me to see this. Uh, but I'm not excited about just growing in width. Numbers are fine, but that's not what this is really about. I want to grow in depth. I want us to grow deep in the Lord, not just wide. I want I want as many people obviously as we can find in the kingdom. I'd love to see this entire city uh, together, but but it really doesn't do us a whole lot of good if it's just wide but there's very little depth. And and that's the key that we want to look at. We're starting this morning Crossroad Assembly Initiative 2020. And it's two there're two phases to this. There're two uh, vital uh, forks going together in this. One is the spiritual dimension. The other is the physical dimension of where we are in physical need here within the facilities. Uh, We're not not hiding anything from you. We're going to share what we're looking at and why. But let me just share with you, one creates the other. Growth has demanded that we expand certain areas, that we change up certain things. Let, Let me just ask you this, ladies how do you, How many of you think we ought to do something to improve our women 's restrooms? Yeah. Oh, I just you know we won 't go into detail. Some of them work and plumbing is not cheap, and so we 'll be talking about how we 're going to correct some of some of that. We have other uh, physical dynamics here that deal with security and uh, just a lot of stuff. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But those are all part, parcel with a congregation growth. Uh, we've, we've got a parking lot across the street we're putting in and people say, well, when are we going to get it down? Well, let me share with you something. We want to be good stewards, right? Yeah. And we don't do anything on the cheap. But what we do is we look for the best that we can. We have an individual who has committed to us to do the labor, all of the labor involved in the structure, in the infrastructure over here of getting it developed, and all of that pro bono. That, that's great. But the challenge is, is that he's got to make a living too. So the attitude is, you make hay while the sun shines, right? Yeah. Well. At the same time, he wants to do this project, he's trying to work it within that, that framework. Do you all understand where we're going with that? The benefit is we get a great parking lot out of this, but it's, it, it, there's a lot of work that has to be done. We've got to be patient with that, and we are. Amen? That's stewardship. Okay. But let me share with you what motivates all of this. What, what does a church... What is it supposed to really look like? The church is a community. It's a community of people, raw, real, and authentic. No pretense, sometimes messy, but always valuing each other and the work of the kingdom. That's church. Church is people. We're not perfect. You know, hospitals aren't for well people. Right? They're for people that have needs. Church isn't for perfect people. As a matter of fact, if you find a church full of perfect people, don't go there. Because you'll mess up the flow. We're, We're a group of people growing together. As a pastor, I'm growing. I'm not perfect there are flaws. I can tell you there are flaws. My wife can tell you there are flaws. <laughs> <laughs> but we're together and we're growing. And that's the key. Growth in the kingdom is extremely important. Growth looks like this. When I, when I look at the church and I ask myself, okay, what, what is the church supposed to look like? The best place to find out what it's supposed to look like is right here. And in the very last words Jesus would speak, he says these words in Matthew 28. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples. Say that with me. Make disciples. Who's to make the disciples? Who are the disciplers? We are. If I ask you a question, if I gave you this challenge, a friend comes in, he makes a commitment to Jesus, and I say to you, here's my new brother in Christ. I want you to disciple him. Can you? You have a heart for it. You have a passion for it. You have a vision for it, but you may not have the tools to do so. And what we want to do is to give you tools. We want to give you the, 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 the equipping to do just that. And by the way, this is not something weird and spiritual. It's just very practical. It's walking alongside a brother and, and praying with them. Helping him understand the word as you're trying to understand the word. Encouraging him. Uplifting him. Guiding him. Simple little tools that we want to give to you that will help not only you, but somebody else that you can disciple. He goes on, he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. This, this statement here in Matthew 28 is not a suggestion. It is a it, it, it really is a commandment. It is an, it, it's a commitment moment for the body of Christ. Commanding. What does he say? That I command you. I com- I'm, I'm so emphatic with this is what he's saying. And lo, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. At the birth of the church, in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, it was an amazing moment. Without going into all of that, in verse 40, it speaks of this. This is Peter has just spoken. He's just gotten up. And you know, Peter, Peter, the, the, the disciple that, that had this gift of putting his foot in his mouth. <laughs> Peter that could say the wrong thing at the wrong time. You, you, you understand? Now, full of the Holy Spirit, he gets up and preaches one of the most powerful messages And at the end of that message, in verse 40, it says, And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. What a powerful message. And they continued steadfastly. Listen to what they did. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Those four things we're gonna be talking about in greater length come about the beginning of the year. I have four series of four messages each. These are what we would, I'm calling this spiritual formation for Crossroad Assembly. And it's, it's materials that we're developing, and it's materials that we're going to use to help develop and grow and mature the body of Christ, and new believers as they come in. Amen? And then it goes on. It says, Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among as anyone had need. Listen to verse 45. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. I looked at this and said, okay, what's the church to look like? One, it is a place where people come to know Christ, salvation, water baptism. That's our identity as a a believer in Christ. Do you understand that water baptism has somewhat been watered down here in our culture? I've been in China. I have been all over the world. And when a believer is baptized in water, it identifies him so significantly to Christ that many places it alienates him from everything else. In China, it's permitted that you can go to church. You can do whatever you want in church, but when you are baptized in water, you are now an enemy of the, of the church, of, of the state of China because you have made Christ your commander-in-chief. You have aligned with him that he is your savior. You have aligned with him that he is the one that you follow in greater supremacy than even the government of that country. And by identifying with Jesus... In that church, through baptism, that is the only way you can receive Holy Communion. That's a pretty strong statement. So, salvation, water baptism, we need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Discipling, mentoring, growing believers in the Word and and in in prayer, expanding the message of Christ in our community, in in our state, in our world. This is part of the common dynamic that God wants. A common vision and unity of the body are all imperatives that God wants for his church. And I believe that we have all of those things going for us right here. What we want to do is take all of those, expand them, multiply them, deepen them in every heart and in every life. This initiative is going to only be successful... If we all get involved. It can't be merely myself. It can't be just me and my staff. It can't be me and the leadership here. It has to be every one of us. God has given us all unique giftings. He's given us talents. He's given us a heart for specific things. And what we're here to do is to release all of that for the glory of God. Amen. I can get excited about this. I'm trying to be very careful this morning. The infilling of this is, is, is going to be something like this. In the next few months, we're going to be doing some assessments. We're going to bring some tools in here to help us to understand who we are, what our strengths are, what our deficiencies are, and how we can accomplish greater things for the kingdom of God by infilling those areas that may be deficiencies and, and implementing greater impact on those things that are strengths. I'm not going to start scratching where nobody's itching. (laughs) Amen? And and I don't want to put a lot of energy and time into preparing messages that really are directed to an area that isn't necessary. I want to be able to put our full focus on how we can grow and develop a dynamic church that literally, and I think we already have the beginnings of all of that, but how we can take this to a greater level. Glory to God. Amen. I, I'm just I'm excited about it. Uh, there's an old African proverb that says, "If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to, but if you want to go far, you go together." Amen. And we want to go far. We want this to be far-reaching. I've shared with uh, our leadership that one of the things at this point in my life that I'm really, really Im- 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 impassioned—I guess is a better word. About is I want to leave legacy. I want to leave behind me. Skylars. That are going to grow and be men of women. Men, not women, but men of God. I, I, want, to see, I want to see another generation raised up for the glory of God. Amen? And, and we can do that by investing in them and, and, and teaching them and training them. There, there are seasons in life when we're pressed down. We don't know what to do or where to go. And those are times when we need each other. Those are times when we don't have the answers for ourselves. And and we need to find those others that can help us. There's a word in Proverbs that says, A man who, who isolates himself seeks his own desires. He rages against all wise judgments. The truth be told, we actually need one another. That's the bottom line. When the only voice you're hearing is your own, you're in trouble. But, Pastor, I'm not a people person. Got news for you. You came from a people, they didn't find you under a cabbage leaf, Stork didn't drop you down some chimney. We're all people. And we need one another. I cannot tell you how, how blessed I am to have the people around me on a daily basis that I have. Younger and older. People that, that I can listen to. People that I can speak to. People that can speak into my life. I love having Pastor Jeff and Lauren in my, in, in my office I love it when I can mentor them and when they can mentor me. You know what? The day you stop learning is the stay, day you start dying. And I plan to live for a long time. All right? We need one another. We need to build up one another. We, we live in a world that so, takes such cheap shots at each other and critical and cynical and sarcastic. Y'all understand what I'm saying? That's not what you build. You build up one another. Building up yourselves, beloved, on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. That's what Jude is telling us. We, but we also recognize that we're to lift others up. I think one of the greatest passages is, is found in, in the life of Job when his friends, who were not always the most friendly, said to Job, you have kept men on their feet, by your words and I believe that those are things that we need to be particularly interested in we need others their voices their ideas and wisdom and that's what this discipling platform is there for I'm going to say something and I don't want to get stoned for it because it almost sounds blasphemous but it isn't God is not enough Now, we know that God is powerful, and we we draw all of our resources. But listen to me. God himself said, I'm not enough. He created Adam. They had a perfect relationship. It was an incredible relationship. You will never find a relationship like it ever again. But God himself said, it's not enough. It is not good that man should dwell alone. God himself said, even though I'm all-sufficient and I'm everything that can be supplied by here for him, he needs more. He needs another person that can walk alongside of him, with him. He needs another person that that he can reach out and touch, that he can hold, and that he can put his arm around, and they can put their arm around him. We need other people. And discipling is a part of that. When when people come into the kingdom of God, boy, there's so many questions. When when I came to faith in Christ, I mean, I, I didn't I was I didn't know I didn't know some of the stuff. I read a book and it was called the Book of Job. I didn't even know there was such a thing. I had a hard time saying the word Deuteronomy. You know what I'm talking? Prayer? Well, what's that? I mean, you know, we pray. Well, yeah, they, you know, they did these little ditties. Yeah, right. You know, get into trouble, we gotta pray. Has it come to that? <laughs> you know, we, what's prayer? How, how do I pray? What what's prayer all about? How do I how do I unpack prayer? How do I approach prayer? What is prayer? Define it. We want to help you define it. We want to help these new believers understand it. Why is the word so important? Peter said it so, or Peter, David said it so well. He says, Lord, I have hid thy word in my heart that I might not sin against you. He takes the word. He ingests the word. He memorizes the word, not just simply so he has a repertoire of words and, and, and scriptures to argue with, but he takes the word, becomes foundational to his life so that when the enemy comes along and starts to... He can hit him with the word. You all understand what I'm saying? We need the word. We need. Per- these, are, these are discipling dynamics. So when, when I look at this word where it says, where it's not good, God was saying to us, you need other people. Yes, you need God, but you need one another. Secondly, God's okay not, not being enough. Wait a second. God's okay with... Yes, he is. Listen to the word in Proverbs 27.6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. That does not sound very encouraging. I would rather have a friend tell me the truth that hurts than somebody that tells me a lie only to salve my conscience. A friend is going to tell me the truth. Hello? what our world doesn't like about what's going on in our world today. Truth, truth to a world is hate to those who hate truth. Do you all understand what I'm saying? Now, we don't need to do it hatefully, but we need to be truthful. This is discipling. This is part of it. Proverbs 27 and 9 says, The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. The heartfelt counsel, this is discipling. This is this is bringing people to faith. This is helping them come. This is what I'm talking about. This, this campaign that we're approaching and that we're launching today is a campaign that isn't going to just help us beautify buildings and put pe- parking lots in. It will do that. But the bigger part of it is the most important part. And that's where we're going to raise up Disciplers in this body that will take two or three people and disciple them skillfully, so that those two or three can turn around and disciple two or three more skillfully, so those that are being discipled can turn around and disciple. Do you get the impact of what this could be? It's exponential. Do you realize that there is within this church right now, in this place, right at this very moment, the potential of witnessing and sharing Christ and leading people in this city and this surrounding area within the next 12 months, if we were to take and do this three people a month and multiply that by this congregation, we could reach this entire region for the kingdom of God. But we can't do it if we don't have the tools. And so we're going to do these assessments that help us to figure out those infills. We're going to create the materials to help disciple people. We're going to give people tools. And it's going to mean that we're going to need to come together more than just a Sunday morning. (gasps) Oh, God, I feel like the big one's coming on. (laughs) It may mean some small group dynamics that we're looking at. We're, We're talking about... Go back to the word. They were in the temple every day and they had their, they they broke bread consistently. They were together, together. They didn't just come for a meeting. They didn't just come to salve their conscience so that they go out and live like hell all week and they can come to church and say, I've been in church. No. There was depth that had to happen. There was depth that occurred. And God won't let Himself be enough. Matthew chapter 26, Jesus is with His disciples and He takes them to the Garden of Gethsemane. It's just before Judas would come, it's just before the the soldiers would come and take Him away and begin to beat Him and crucify Him. And He knows what's coming. And after, after the last supper, he goes and he takes them to the garden. Part of them, he says, stay here, and Peter, James, and John. He says, join me. And they go a little deeper in the garden. And he says, pray with me. Pray with me. And he comes back after a bit and sleep has overtaken them. So could you not pray with me one hour? I want you to think about this. This is God. This isn't, this isn't just any guy. He didn't want to be alone, he didn't want to approach this horrible moment alone. And he asked those that are closest to him to be with him. And it wouldn't be but hours that he would be nailed to a cross and he would cry out, Lama, Lama, Sabathany, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He didn't want to be alone. And he doesn't want us to walk alone. He doesn't want us to do this thing called Christian life and living alone. He wants us to join arms and hands. He wants us to join spirit and prayer. He wants us to learn to teach. And he wants us to be taught. Together. All of this to say that That's the motivator for this whole thing. I want you to grow deep in Jesus, but I want you to take others deep in Jesus. And we want to give you the tools. That's one, the largest side of what we're doing. I'm not asking for commitments today. I'm not asking for finances today. I'm not asking for any of that. I'm just sowing a seed with you. In this campaign, we're going to begin doing some stuff, and it's going to be fun. We're going to have some small group meetings. I need some of you to open up a home where five or six couples can come together, where we can sit down and explain some of what we're doing. We're going to... How many of you have ever done any creative writing or you have skills with art and graphics? How many of you have those kinds of skills? Good. We need your help. We need people that can, that can help us in prayer. Prayer is going to become a huge priority. It's got to be. Because in prayer, all things are possible. And through this whole thing, we're going to take prayer needs. We're going to believe. We're going to watch God do the miraculous. We're going to see lives touched. We're going to see healings. We're going to see miracles. Miracles that honestly are, are, are astounding, but they're not astounding merely for the sensational moment because they're going to touch lives. We're going to believe for prodigals to come home. We're going to believe for coworkers and people that you care about come to Christ does this make sense yeah. it'll happen because we're going to we're going to storm the heavenlies and we're going to believe God for some big things but I, I need people that will stand with us in prayer we're going to do a big you know we do our Thanksgiving celebration at the event center and we're going to do that again this year it's going to be a little different than we've done before because we're going to take commitments to help us with some of the projects that we're going to be doing But it's more than that. It's going to be the launching of something so significant for this church. I'm so thrilled about this. We're going to have a celebration. Amen. Amen. And, yeah, there's going to be good food. (laughs) Well, it's biblical. They broke bread all the time. Haven't been able to find gooseberry pie in there, but I'm telling you, it's got to be. It's got to be. But, but that's, that's one aspect. But let me share with you the other aspect. And I don't like surprises. I really don't. I don't care for surprises unless my birthday, anniversary, or Christmas. And I, I can take that. But I don't really like to be surprised, especially financially. Hello? I, I shared earlier, I think it was in this service, that you have been so generous in your giving. It's, it's amazing to me. We had the biggest Month, single month, financially in our budget that we that I've had since we've been here, of which I'm so so grateful. Five thousand dollars over and above all of that for two missionaries, that's amazing, that's that's wonderful. What I'm what I'm suggesting that we have to deal with. These are things that are not, these are not just a want list. These are needs, and and I want you to put that slide on the screen if you would. These are what we're looking toward having. Needing to raise some funds toward. And this, what we're looking at is a, in a total, we're going to take care of over the course of three years. We're not trying to raise it all at one time, unless somebody's really <laughs> generous. But what we're looking at is, I want full church participation. I want, I want a Schuyler to be a part of it. I, I want our youth to be a part of it. I, I, want, I want moms and dads to be a part. I want grandpas and grandmas to be a part of it. I, I want everybody to be involved in this because this is family. This is us together, partnering together, and we're taking hands and walking together, and we're going to watch God do miracles together. Amen? Amen. Amen. This is, is, Isn't that what this should be about? It's not a single journey. It's us taking the journey together. It's not equal giving. I'm not asking anybody to to, to match what I'm doing. Well, I am, but I'm not... But but that's not the expectation. It's got to be what God lays on people's hearts. It's not equal giving. It's equal sacrifice. Hello? Oh, you just checked me out right there. I ain't sacrificing. I'm not raising an offering this morning. I'm asking you to think with me. I, but here, here are the needs that we're looking at. Our bathroom remodels. We figure that what that's going to take in plumbing, uh, electrical, all of the Work that has to be done, and it's about $56,000. Not cheap. Ladies, you're worth it. For every awe that was $5,000. <laughs> <laughs> our sound, you know, our sound system has been here for a while, and it's, and it's done a wonderful job, but it's it's on. It's on the cusp, and we find some tweaks here and there that we need. And we want good sound, sound that isn't muffled. We, we don't need to go into all of the dynamics, but we, we figure that, that to do all of that, to do what we need to do to bring it to where we need is about 22,000. Doors and windows. We have windows down here, a single pane. That doesn't help us with heat. We've got doors that we need to put in to finish out the security dynamics for, for our kids and for our youth. Um uh, Parking lot, just the pavings and all of that. We anticipate that would be about seventy-five thousand uh, dollars. Lighting for the parking uh, is going to be about another twenty-three thousand. Landscape—it has to be done in a certain way. All of these bioswales and all of this stuff haven't figured all of that out yet. And I'm sure, surely, I'm not telling you that I agree with all of it, but it is what it is. When you've put it all together, plus new signage. It comes to about $225,000. You know what? That's a piece of cake. Can I tell you why? Because not any one of us has to do all of it. Three-year period of time. If all of... Hope that was a heavenly sneeze. (laughs) But if all of us, if all of us do something, that's not a very big job. And that's the smallest part of this whole thing. The biggest part is reaching people for Jesus, growing people in Jesus. That's what this is all about. Do you all understand what I'm saying this morning? Discipleship on one side, yes, there's stewardship, and we have to raise some money on the other side. But they go hand in hand. And here's the cool thing. When we begin to do some of these small group dynamics, guess what? We now have the basis to take that to another level besides just bringing this information, but maybe teaching, fellowship, encouraging, discipling. We, we, we're we going to have a prayer emphasis through this thing, not simply to help us to reach that bottom line. I'm not worried about that bottom line. Can I tell you why? I know this is God's plan. If it's God's plan, He's going to lay it on the hearts. I'm not worried about that because God has shown you to be more than faithful. Amen. What I'm concerned about is the prayer needs that you bring in. I prayed with people this morning. It's been a, one of the most marvelous privileges of my life is when I can pray with people your needs are not minimal your needs are not, are not obscured your needs are not fickle your needs are real people who have cancers and marital challenges and job issues and family dynamics those are real that's what church is, real. And we're, we're taking those things and we're bringing them before the throne of God. And our God is faithful to answer those prayers. Amen? Amen. I want you to stand with me this morning. You're going to have some people maybe calling you or talking to you about being a part of this thing, being a part of a group, maybe hosting a table at our dinner, maybe opening up a home, maybe being a part of an area of prayer, just say yes be a part of the team. Just just join us. And watch God do something so big, so powerful. I've watched this in every church we've pastored. This isn't new. I've watched God do the same thing. But here in this city We're going to watch God do something way beyond the walls of this little church. We're already having opportunities to speak into the lives. I I was at a dinner last night. I had three different people come to me. They don't go to church. They don't go to, I don't know where they go to church. I don't know if they go to church. But through various things that we're involved with in the community, you said, Pastor, would there be a time where I could meet with you and. I need prayer. I'm at a dinner, for pity's sakes. God is opening doors. And I want us to step through them. As in the last service, I'm going to ask you to do something with me. I'm not asking for commitments of time. I'm not asking for commitments of finances. But what I am asking you to do Is to take what I've shared with you today. You'll be hearing more. We'll be sharing more. We'll be explaining more. We'll be answering all of your questions. Your questions are important. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Or there is. That's one that you need to ask, and you don't. We want to answer those questions. We we have nothing. We we want you to know why we're doing what we're doing. And so we're going to have a variety of ways in which we can answer those. But we want your involvement. I want you to be a discipler. Amen? Amen. I want you to be equipped. When God opens the door for you to speak into the life of somebody, that you'll have the tools. I shared in the last service, and I've shared it here before. When I came to Jesus, I had a lot of issues going on. I had a drinking problem. By the time I was 19, it was full-blown. Jesus made a big difference in my life, but it wasn't just Jesus. I had a Dean Blankenship who was at that time 56 years old. I had an Ernie Rose who at that time was in his 70s. I had a Cuba Reed who was right at 90. And those three people discipled me. Spoke into my life, loved on me, walked with me, warts, wrinkles and all, (laughs) and helped me find a greater understanding of Jesus. And it wasn't a formal thing, it was just a loving thing, and that's what we're wanting to do is take that plus the materials. But if you'd be willing to be willing, Pastor, I want to be a part of something bigger than me. I don't know what my place is. I don't know what my gifts are. I don't know what I might financially give, but but I simply I simply want to be a part of what you're what the Lord is doing in this community. I want to be a part of the team. I want you just to find your way forward into this altar. Last service, it was amazing. And I want you to come. I want you, right now, just come. I want you to come and it's a statement, it's a simple statement. Lord, I want to be willing. I don't know what it is that you're speaking to my heart yet, but I want to listen. I want to see people discipled. I want to see people changed. I want to see people c- come all the way forward. going to be, <laughs> looks like another big crowd. But I want to be a part of this thing. I want to be a part of what God's doing here in Florence. I want my life to have significance in the days that we live. Would you come? Just, just. Step step out. Come come down. Amen. Crowd in a little bit, because there's still more people coming. I'm not asking I'm not asking for any commitment of any kind right now, but that I'm willing to allow God to speak to my heart. That's all we're asking. We've got the greatest message in the world. The message of hope. The message of life. The message of forgiveness. Yes. Did I see Harold? One of the first Sundays that I spoke when I was here, I said something. It was, I believe, it was prophetic. There's enough bread in this house to feed the city. And the bread is the message of a savior that touched each of our lives. Now think about this. We have the truth. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Savior. We have a vision. We have passion and we have unity look out devil <laughs> Amen. For it. It. Put him up. hear me church hear me we can make a difference father I'm humbled this is a moment father that i think is epic for us for us as a church it's a moment that's transformational for each of us as individuals and father we we've, we've simply just thrown some seed out here today hopefully it's had some value hopefully people can understand it hopefully father you, you know our hearts We all have a passion to see people come to Jesus, but we're not always sure how to do that. And through the assessments that we're going to be doing, through the training and teaching we're going to be doing, through this campaign of bringing people together, and and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of work. We're going to raise the funds we need over the next few years. Father, all of that's almost ancillary to the reality of why we're doing it. And that's because we want to see this city touched by the power of the gospel. And we want every life to know they're valued and they're important. Father, I don't want anybody walking alone. I want the body of Christ being linked, armed to arm, shoulder to shoulder. I thank you, Father, for these wonderful people. And I pray, Father, right now in Jesus' name that you'll go before us and guide us and direct us and help us to accomplish the vision that you've given to us as a people. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Let me ask you this question. How many of you need physical healing this morning? Let me see your hands. If you see a hand raised, would you just lay a hand on them? And let's pray for them right now. These signs shall follow them to believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's the word of God. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, you know the need. You see them. You know what their needs are. And by your stripes, the word declares we were healed. We thank you for that. And, Father, we pray that you would touch every single one here this morning. I pray, Father, that your healing touch rest upon us, that you will strengthen us you'll bring recuperative power where it's needed, that you'll bring strength and healing where it's needed, that you'll bring correction in our physical beings where it's needed. God, that you will do what only you can do in the name of Jesus. Let it be done for your glory, and we'll thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. How many of you have a prodigal? How many of you have have the picture of somebody that's a co-worker, somebody that you've been so burdened for to know Jesus. Let me see your hands. Let's hold them right now before the throne of God. Father, And I want you to name them. I want you just to call out a name. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm bringing to you Justin and Monica. I thank you for my grandkids. I pray, Father, you would bring them home, bring healing into relationships, bring strength into their lives, help them this morning to know that you are their answer. Father, would you give us wisdom? Would you give us your anointing? Would you give us sensitivity and kindness and gentleness, in a manner of which we can perhaps bring light into their dark little worlds? Bring them home, Father. Bring them home. Holy Spirit, speak into their life right now. Bring them home. Hold back the forces of the enemy that would try to assail against them. Father, we come against those things in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Perhaps this morning there's somebody here be honest before God and say, Pastor, I'm not where I'm supposed to be and I need Jesus to forgive me and I need God's mercy and grace. I need his help this morning. I want you to all pray a simple prayer with me right now. I don't want anybody to be alone. And so you're not alone this morning. We're going to simply pray this simple prayer and you're going to make it your prayer. Dear Dear Lord Jesus, I love you. I'm not ashamed of you, and I really need you. I need your mercy. I need your forgiveness. I need you. Come into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Receive me as your child. I ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody can say, amen. Now may the Lord bless you, may he keep you, may he make his very presence shine upon you, manifesting his presence before you, strengthening you, encouraging you, lifting you up, guiding you and directing you. May you find his peace, his knowledge, his goodness and his comfort in Jesus' name.